Yeah. I, I think what's worked best for us is a healthy amount of weeds around. Like they're, they're, they're <laughs> really, well, I haven't heard that. Especially certain kinds of things like they, they are trap plants. Like if you have nothing but your food growing there, the bugs are all going to go for your food. But if you have a healthy do that. around, which is not on purpose, but it turned out to be a benefit because a lot of the bugs went to the weeds. So This is feeding into my laziness. This yeah, is great. Exactly. <laughs> Love That's this. a good excuse. <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's a very specific, highly engineered uh, gardening plan. Exactly. Exactly. I, I put those weeds there on purpose, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have a transplant those. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Left family and friends, all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a host and a homestead, thinking this was the life. All that there'd be After our firstborn You had to stay home That's when the work Got in the way for me Well I started Farm hop life You'll come to your farm To help and to wander Me and the family A truck and an RV Send us a message and there will be. This is the Farm Hop Life Podcast, a traveling homestead family. I'm Matt Drozier. Tonight, my guest is Ken, and he and his wife, Carmel, live on a small farm in Burksville, Kentucky, between raising golden retrievers, goats, bacon seeds. They also have a full-time business, Ken in construction and Carmel in house cleaning. They also find full time to pursue personal interests, hobbies, and side hustles, which gives them gives them so much to do and so little time. <laughs> like, uh, so thanks for being here, man. Yeah, absolutely. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. Um, it's been it's been hard to to connect between busy schedules between both you and me. And then last time we had it scheduled, I got sick, so it's it right. can be a challenge sometimes finding uh, finding that time that works for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I appreciate you being here. I'm uh, very curious to see see what you have going on because, like, uh, you know, I've obviously heard your name quite a bit, you know, through like the TSB community and then like Fireside Freedom and all that. Um, and then like your own personal podcast, which um, which we were talking about briefly, that you have a lot of. <laughs> yeah, I have multiples. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have a how to make a podcast podcast. <laughs> well, I, I'm still in the learning phase i mean i've got got one podcast that's typically a uh one pot one episode a week and then if i have an interview i'll do two occasionally i'll throw a bonus in there i'm at i think 145 episodes on that one so i've been going at it for about two years i had another one that i ran for a little over a year i think the team catalyst podcast which i put that one to to rest about six months ago i think think I was over 200 episodes on that one. Um, so I've I've done quite a few episodes, but I would still consider myself a beginner. Sure. Well, you know how to start them. Like, that's hard. Yeah. That's the rest of everyone gets hung up, right? 
right? I, I think they say if you make it past what episode like eleven, then then you're in the top, however very small percentage. Oh sure, yeah, I can see yeah. that. Yeah, so I can I can start it. It's just a matter of keeping it going and and finishing it, following it through to the logical conclusion. Sure. Sometimes like you just have like a couple ideas, like you just need to like get it out there. You're like, I'm satisfied. I'm good. Yeah. Done. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do that too often, I think. One thing that uh I have enjoyed listening to you, like you're a very good speaker. You you have a you have a talent for just being able to just just, you know, talk and be engaging and whatnot. And every I have only ha- tried to speak on my own once and I will not try not try to do another one of those episodes. So every single one of my episodes, uh, I, I've got somebody else to. I got you. Of, so, yeah. Would are are you? Would you consider yourself a little more outgoing or a little more of a reserved person? Reserved. reserved I. Yeah. The curiosity, like my my curiosity, is what like helps me get through. Like I'll just ask, just keep asking questions, and yeah, let the other person do the talking. <laughs> there you go. That that's. I'm definitely more that way, more reserved. I originally started my first podcast as a way to help me uh, verbalize things better, to actually have coherent thoughts and be able to get get my words out. Um, I don't know if you notice a lot when I talk. I talk with my hands, too. So. I'm only listening, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, the uh, oh, man, I had another question. No, I forgot it. Normally, I write these down. See, I'm all out of... <laughs> I'm all out of uh been out of been out, out of the of office. Practice. Yeah, been out of practice. Yep, that's right. That's right. Oh, now I remember. Uh on your own podcast, you don't really speak too much that I've heard anyways, um, about what it is you have going on on your property. It was it's more um like motivational. Here's, you know, kinda not not life coach because that like sounds terrible, but you know, just like <laughs> everybody's a life coach, right? <laughs> <laughs> just not for themselves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, but... it's easy to diagnose other people's problems, but who wants to do the introspection and actually fix themselves? Oh, gross! Don't even let me talk about <laughs> myself. <laughs> um. So I wanted to get you on here, uh, so you could talk, uh, about what it is that you've got going on your property, uh, there oh, in Kentucky. Man. So. Where to start? <laughs> you uh, are you neighbors with uh, Thomas Massey? Uh, he's two and a half, three hours northeast of me, I think, more towards uh, closer to Louisville, I think. I'm all the way at the southern end of the state. I mean, I, I can almost throw a rock and hit Tennessee. So <laughs> I, when my wife and I originally moved here, we moved from South Georgia, and we, we desperately wanted to be in Tennessee because I don't know why at the time we were like, ah, we don't want to be from Kentucky. You know, that's. That's hillbillies <laughs> and just a little kind of backwoods. And um, so for the longest time, we, we would tell people that we lived just north of the Tennessee line. We didn't tell them that we were north of the northern Tennessee line because then they'd know we were in Kentucky. But if we put it that way, they'd think we were in Tennessee. <laughs> but we, we've, we've come to fall in love with it. I mean, it's it's like anywhere. It has its, you know, its beautiful parts. It's got its, uh, the the... Parts you'd rather not be in, call it the underarm parts. <laughs> but I, I don't know. We we love where we're at for sure. I think every state has that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's its major city, but yeah, like even even where I grew up in Georgia, I I didn't live in the prettiest part of the state, but 
I mean, that, that was home for me. Like, I, I still love it down there. I was close to the coast. You know, you, you go down there and it's, it's just something about that feel. It's nowhere else in the country. And, and every state's like that if you just find find the beauty in it. That's it's, right. It's what you're looking for. I think I just I just told somebody earlier, you you find what it is that you're looking for. You know, whether whether it's good in something or the bad in something, if you're trying to find it, you probably will. That's that's really there is something to that because it's like you're not hung up on any one place or thing. You know, you can look beyond I mean, really you're your own like comfort level because like people are like no nah, I, I you know i was born you know five miles that way and my parents you know you know or <laughs> whatever two miles that way like they'd really never leave whereas you know other types are more adventurous and like they're okay with being uncomfortable and yeah and i mean there there's something too to be said for the the history the the family part of growing up where your parents and grandparents and great-grandparents grew up. I just, I read an article a couple weeks back and it was, it called the people that grow up, you know, where their parents and grandparents and everybody did call them the, I think the somewheres or I think that's what it called it. And then the people that just move around the anywheres. And it's <laughs> interesting how people that are the anywheres that move around actually want to be well, they want to belong somewhere. They want to be from somewhere that they're actually plugged into. You know, if you follow these, um, a lot of the van life people, they go for a year, two years, something like that. And, you know, the adventure wears off and they look for a place to plug into. Like they need a place sure. to belong. And I, I think we all need that. I don't know. I, I like belonging somewhere. It's something to be said for it. Yeah, I like that's too. true. Yeah, yeah. You need you need to have both. Like, how can you achieve both, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, that was kind of our our thing. I mean, our plans drastically changed in the last three months. But like, you know, we were supposed to, you know, get get a travel trailer and go around the country helping other homesteaders, and then I ended up taking a new job just by like, you know, act of God, basically. Mm. And so that kind of took a backseat, but I'm trying to like pivot it. So like it kind of still works. Um, and I, that was one thing that I was hung up on was like, well, you know, I have some community here. And then as I like, we kind of, as I took the new job and we ended up, you know, not getting the travel trailer, I'm like, no, we'd actually have a pretty decent community here. Like, how can I make it stronger now? Like, since we're, since I'm here. How do I, you know, make it better? Yeah. That's something I've been rattling around lately. And and on the community aspect, one of the hardest things to do that I never realized because I, I lived in the same area where I grew up for uh, just probably 28 years out of my life. I was, I was one when we moved there and I grew up there. I knew everybody. I had that community. And I didn't realize how hard it would be to actually find or create or plug into a community in an area where I knew nobody. Like we moved to this area not knowing a single person. And I was up for it. I knew it wouldn't be the easiest thing in the world, but I had no idea six years later 
we still wouldn't have that that thing. I don't have the close friendships that I would have expected to have. I don't have right. people that I just call up and be like, hey, let's hang out this weekend. <laughs> you know, my, my closest friends here live an hour and a half away, two hours away. So it's, it, I didn't realize how hard finding that community actually would be. So how, let's see, I mean, you have like, you, I mean, I'm, in, I'm assuming you're like in contact with the, like your neighbors and other people that do like, I don't know, farmer's markets or something <laughs> like that. So we did farmer's market the first two summers that we lived here and did not enjoy it at all. <laughs> like it was, we liked the we liked some of the people that were there. We didn't like everybody. You <laughs> um, can be but, very clicky, I've heard. Right? And they, they can be. It, it was kind of interesting. In our little town, there's the there's a locals farmer's market and the implants farmer's market. And, of course, we were at the implants farmer's market, and the two don't get along. <laughs> That's funny. Since then, we've come to find out that we actually like and get along with the locals farmer's market a little better. So we've we've interacted with those people some more. But we haven't gone back to raising produce to take to market. Um, it's more more we we grow for for ourselves and maybe go to farmers market to meet people and to buy what's there. But for the first two years, yeah, it was. I don't know. We we didn't enjoy it. It was for us. <laughs> so I mean, you said your your best friends like two two and a half hours away. Um, I mean, you've got like acquaintances or, you know, people that you could call uh, nearby, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's people that we know around for sure. Like, it's not like I don't know the people, but sure. as far as calling somebody up to, to come over on a Friday night and play cards or sit around a fire, no, I mean, we're, we're trying to develop that. And sure. the we live in a... In, an area called Salt Bend, and the the river comes around and does a loop and almost touches itself. So there's like a really narrow spot that you have to cross on a ridge to get down to to where we're at. And my wife and I are in our mid thirties, and I think we're probably the youngest couple in here by maybe a couple of decades. So we have a neighborhood party every year and it's like all old folks and they always they come out here and reminisce about how yeah over we used to play softball over in that field when we were growing up and went to that church down the road and we'd all get together every sunday night have a fire and they sit there and reminisce and we get the history of the place but it's they're they're all they're all old folks but i mean it, it's good you gotta develop those relationships as well yeah they um they almost need more attention than just like, you know, just, hey, you're in your mid-30s? I'm in my mid-30s. Like, mm. whatever. Like, you kind of like same life stage, more or less. But if someone's like decades ahead of you, they're either like, hey, a new face. Let me talk to them. Or they're like, yeah. mm, no thanks. No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, most of the people here, at least the locals that I run into, are just over-the-top friendly. Like super nice. nice. Good. Um, I've I've heard some people say in our area that it's really hard for an outsider to to move in. I haven't found that to be true. Like maybe 
I haven't I haven't come in and tried to change anything or really plug in and and wedge my way into areas. But as far as the people I've met and the people I know and have become friends with, super nice, super friendly. I mean, just top notch. Love it. Good old Southern hospitality. <laughs> I uh, I hope that's actually true and not just like uh. Something that's like you know, I'm from Minnesota, so it's like Minnesota nice, like not real thing. Uh, I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've heard Brian Oleskovich say that before. Yes, yep. uh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, if you come, if you come down south, and especially farther down south, if you hear somebody say "bless your heart," that's an insult. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm. Don't, don't say "bless his heart," <laughs> like no, he just can't help it. <laughs> Uh, that that's a southern insult. It sounds nice though. Uh, maybe that's I mean, yeah. Oh, it is. I mean, it's so. Yep. So, how did you get into homesteading then? Like, how did you get started? Because I mean, did you just start when you moved to Kentucky, or take me through that? Yeah. So, I mean, I've always grown up. Uh, we've always had animals. Uh, growing up, we had quail pheasants um, chickens turkeys raised pigs from time to time had calves um, for raising for beef had a lamb when i was a real young kid still don't know if we ate it or if they gave it away i'm not sure what happened to that thing <laughs> uh, um but as i as i grew up oh into my teens and you know young 20s got married i was less and less into the animals. I, I had a horse at that time and still love dogs. I still liked animals, but I wasn't into the farming and homesteading and all of that. I I thought I was going to go become like a, I don't know, cell phone repair tech or like I, I loved tinkering with gadgets and figuring out stuff on the computers. I'm, I'm my family's tech support. So that was kind of what I was pushing towards was creating my own business out of that. And, um, I think in like uh, 2014, 2014 sounds right. There, there was an event out in Oregon, which you may remember, um, the Bundys, and mm-hmm. I mean they, they were they were involved, but it wasn't just them. Um, the the Mallor Wildlife Preserve thing, yeah. that I fully expected a civil war to break out of that. Like after that. Uh, I can't even remember his name anymore that got shot and killed. Um, I, I I expected a civil war. To sure. I, I think yeah. I was, uh, I, I remember that too. I remember thinking that too. I'm like, this kind of seems like a big deal. Like, yeah. And then it ended up being like a whole nothing burger. Right. Yeah. I just like yeah. nothing ever came of it. And so it was at that point that I'm like, all right, we got to find somewhere that we can like, grow our own food and have our own little bunker and you know hole ourselves up if if the world goes to hell in a handbasket and so it was at that point that we started looking for an area i've I've always wanted to move to north georgia i love that kind of country kind of mountainous a little cooler uh wasn't quite as hot as south georgia i wanted to get away from the heat and ended up in kentucky Uh, moved here at the end of 2016 and started started growing uh, as much food as we could, which turned out to be not as much as we hoped. And, you know, raising animals, we're constantly adding new animals. But whew, the challenge is, like, every, everything that you add adds 
five extra challenges, it seems like. <laughs> I mean, Our, what would life be without problem solving, right? Oh, man, so much easier. <laughs> uh, no, we, we have come up with uh, creative ways to dispatch, and I don't say that on purpose, to dispatch nearly every animal that we've that we've raised. <laughs> um, minus not, the golden retrievers. Right, minus the golden retrievers. And 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 I say that tongue in cheek because we've we've lost some of every every animal, every meat animal that we've raised except for the rabbits have died from one tragedy or another. Whether that was our calves that uh died from pneumonia you know it got cold and rainy and we didn't catch it in time and we brought them in and tried to warm them up and they ended up dying whether that was a uh our sow last year that after we butchered chickens we fed them fed the sow and the babies all the all the chicken innards and i guess she ate all of them and od'd on on chicken guts and died i didn't know you could do that i thought <laughs> i i didn't either but now, hopefully, somebody else knows and and doesn't overfeed their pig. Oh, <laughs> um, dang! Yeah, we lost a goat from. Uh, basically, they go into ketosis. I can't remember what you call it, but she she was pregnant. I think with twins, maybe triplets. She was huge. Within a couple of weeks of giving birth, and what happens? I don't remember what they call it, but. If they're not getting quite the right nutrients, their body starts eating itself. And if you don't catch it and reverse it really quick, they they die. And we didn't catch it in time, and she died. So we, uh, it's not easy losing an animal. Like I, but yeah, we've we've lost just about every kind of animal we've raised here, unfortunately. But we still keep trying and plugging away at it. Well, I think that's good because really, like. Do a, do anything long enough and something's bound to happen, right? Just by odds. Yeah. Like, you know, do carpentry enough. You eventually fall off a ladder or... Put a nail um, in your finger. <laughs> a nail in your finger, into your boot, like through your boot, in your foot, something, you know? Yeah. Um, you know? For sure. The, the people that do, like, farming and ranching, they'll, they'll lose crops, lose animals to lose you know the the whole barn sometimes so yeah that stuff happens i mean there you can only do so much and some of the things you just don't know until you know and then once you go through that you can spot the signs the next time and, and you know what you're looking for and can and can catch it remedy it before the animal dies or, or whatever so so the the motivation is to so, I mean, really just be prepared in case, you know, at the time there was kind of like a potential civil war was kind of like your eye opener. But I mean, the staying pa like anything you can get, you can get hooked on something from almost like nothing, like a catchy, a catchy jingle on TV. Right. Um, right. But like it has to have staying power, too. So, like, I mean, it's got to be enjoyable for you to to be able to like raise your raise your animals so like what 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 keeps you what keeps that interest for you uh the the biggest thing that keeps the interest for my wife and i is just the quality of the food um 
like for years before we ever moved and, and thought we wanted to have huge gardens and raise our animals, we were on a journey to find the healthiest way to eat. Um, like trying to get non-GMO organic stuff and cut out sugar. You know, I've, we've, we've pretty well cut out sugar out of our diet for 12 years, 12, 13 years. Wow. And I mean, little bits here and there, like we still do some honey and things like that. But as far as like what most people do, the majority of most people's diet is the the sugar, flour, all of that. Try to do the sourdough. So we've been kind of on that journey for 12 years. And just since we started gardening and growing animals here on our farm, the the quality, the, the difference in quality that you can see from even what you grow with no inputs and an organic thing from the store, like what you grow on your farm, it looks better, tastes better, you feel better on it. It's just, it's, you don't know the difference until you experience it. It's, it's odd. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's, it's really like a total reset of like your taste buds and like your, your gut health too. Cause, yeah. um, we had raised meat birds. Let's see, that'd be two years ago now. And we had, we had just like, we were cleaning up the freezer and there was like some chick, like store-bought chicken in there. And like, oh, okay, you know, whatever, we'll use this up. And I could not take more than one bite. Like it was so <laughs> bad. Like it was yeah, like, it was like chewy and like stringy at the same time. And it was like, like, like it was like eating like an old rooster. Uh, yeah. It was pretty gross and i'm like yeah we're not doing that again um well dog food <laughs> dog food yeah and then um from those meat birds we also we also had my um my brother sister-in-law and their two kids over and you know we had one of our meat birds for dinner one time and i'm like so i told i told my niece and nephew i'm like you're never gonna have food that's like was raised like it was like, you know, 30 feet over there is where it like lived and died. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like it's and never going to fast. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't com compare to anything you could buy in the store. I mean, it's exponentially better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And especially like, you know, even like those bougie, uh, like grocery stores where they're like, you know, they sell like the finest cuts of whatever, like, yeah, it's better for sure but like once you have like raised want to like ra raise it yourself or at least like shake the hand of the person that like grew it yeah you know, that's second best so yeah we grow i think our favorite thing that we grow is mangalitsa pigs they're uh they're a really hairy pig and <laughs> like nothing they're like see. woolly it's so yeah. funny <laughs> it is it's uh they're they're a fun pig, but they they are the absolute best meat you have ever had. They're actually considered a red meat. I I don't know if you saw. I posted a picture. I think I posted it on Instagram here a couple weeks back. We butchered one, and it looks like a steak. I'm, I took pictures of a stack of ribs and pork chops, and it looks like steak. Like you would think it's beast crazy. Yeah, but so tasty, like melting your mouth and just oh. <laughs> it's so good that's why you do it that's what gets me yeah yes exactly unfortunately 
these pigs take a solid twice as long to grow out to butcher size as other pigs. So like other, other people talk about getting piglets and raising them for three months and they'll be 300 pounds. I've had mine for a year and they're like 200 pounds. So I've got another eight months to go with them. So how is, if you don't do farmer's markets, what's your method for uh, like selling those just like Facebook and stuff like that, or this will be our first round that we've raised out to sell. So yeah, Facebook friends, family, um, podcast that talk about it. Some, uh, I don't know. I, I haven't figured out that, that, uh, Avenue for selling yet. Maybe reach out to some fellow podcasters that they have a bigger audience and push this and I'll give you a cut, <laughs> <laughs> a literal cut of, uh, yeah, I'll send you a cut. Ken's Ken's butcher box. Yeah, there you go. Um, so what what kind of like methods, practices, or like techniques do you have on your place? Um, like we we obviously listen to like a lot of the same people. So like you know, do you have like any like permaculture principles on your place? And like you know, those mangalitsas, like they're they're pigs. First, they're a handful, and then they're like they they root like their whole thing is that they root. And so it's like a whole other management method just for them. So I'm curious how you do it with the pigs. We're rotating them. Um, right now we're kind of letting them work up an area that will just keep them there until things start to grow again. And we can start moving them around on grass. They love grass. These ones do. And, um, but right now we're just letting them work up an area. That's kind of a sacrificial area for now. And then we'll grow corn in it or something next year. As far as the, the crops, the trees and stuff that we grow, we pretty much not on purpose, but kind of use the stun method. Are you familiar with that one? I've heard of it. Um, refreshment under neglect. (laughs) Uh, yeah. It's like you're either going to live or you're not. and Exactly. Yep. There's uh, not a whole lot of watering that goes on. There's not a whole lot of fertilizing, not a whole lot of weeding sometimes. You know, you try to keep up. And then once it gets so far ahead, you're just like, fine. What lives, lives. And what doesn't will go to the birds or something. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I know. Because, I mean... My wife did really well with that the first couple of years we lived here, but she started up her own uh, house cleaning business, um, really got it going good last year. And when you've got a full-time business or a full-time job of any kind, it's hard to keep up with all of those things. Like you can do, you can do some, but we were growing popcorn. We planted a couple acres of field corn, um, like to grow out for the pigs, which we didn't get much out of because we didn't take care of it. Um, had sweet corn, of course, and then she does really good at growing out peppers, always, uh, the, the hot peppers, grind them up for, for our spices, um, try tomatoes. Those de- never seem to do well here. We haven't figured that one out yet, but just trying a lot of different things. I, she told me the other day though, she's like, I'm going to try to focus more because I've got my hand in too many jars out in the garden. So I'm just going to grow like these half a dozen things and just grow them good and let that be it. Yeah. That's, that sounds like a good method. Like, you know, everyone, I don't know what your social media looks like, but in the last month for me, everyone's like got their seed catalogs and they're all excited. And I'm like, yeah, I'd be good with like five things. Um, Mm -hmm. 
I don't, I don't need to try this ultra rare, whatever glow in the dark carrot thing. Like, <laughs> no, it looks cool on Instagram, but I mean, it sure does. <laughs> and it, it's a lot, of, but yeah, I'm, I'm just simple. <laughs> yeah. These are the things we eat. Let's just grow those. If we want the other stuff, we'll go to that bougie store and buy it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'll know, I know where to get it if I want it. And like, yeah. you know, the, the hill that we live on, um, the neighbor just, just up the road a little bit. Um, you know, she's dropped off baskets of like tomatoes, cucumbers, onions, potatoes, yams, stuff like that. So, um, it just shows up at the door. So <laughs> if you live in the country and you've got, uh, old folks around, like people that aren't the bougie type they're they're growing stuff and and just begging to give it away so yeah we're we're constantly being given stuff so i mean you're not yeah. gonna go hungry yeah it's nice it's very very nice um as long as like you reciprocate with something i mean whether it be like good conversation or you know just helping them with like something literally anything mm. like we're like it's just simple out here no one's looking to get something in exchange for something bigger or better, you know? Yeah. We, soon after we moved here, we were taught a, a pretty good lesson. We, we took a, uh, I think a plate of like brownies or cookies or something down to the neighbors down the road and, and dropped it off. And they, we gave them the plate. They were like, no, 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 y'all are coming in and sitting down. So they came in and sat us, they sat us down and they said, now look, when you bring somebody a plate of goodies, so you bring it in a glass bowl, not a paper plate like this. That way they have to bring it back and they're going to fill it up with some other things to give back to you. <laughs> so from now on, you know, you give it in a glass bowl or something that they have to return and fill up. Hmm. I'll have to remember that because uh, <laughs> it was like a, the neighbor had given us like a woven basket to, uh, like it was just, you know, loaded with stuff. And so I don't, I don't think we had anything to, really give at that time no like no produce i don't know maybe i could have thrown in like some breakfast sausage that that <laughs> i made so i don't know yeah 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 next year or this year maybe so there you go. um so i want to hear more about your goats so what kind of when it, you still have the goats right we do still have the goats we've got four four goats and two babies right now oh should be should be more, but that's what happens when we move on. Um, <laughs> what we, breed are they? They they're actually a mix, um, and I'm trying to remember exactly what they are. I don't remember. I'm not sure. <laughs> they're they're a cross between. Oh, you put me on the spot now. I can't think of what they are. <laughs> that's all right. If you think about it, just. That's all right. Um, yeah. Was the was the cross intentional or just like they were cheap on Craigslist? So no, actually, they came from my father in law, and he had he had an extra billion nanny, which we got the two the first two as babies uh, three years ago, I think, and they were a cross in his herd, and so that's that's just what they were here, and we um, we've had and sold a couple of babies. We still have. One of the babies from the original nanny, which was the one that died that I mentioned earlier. And then last summer we bought two two other uh, nannies. And 
we've had the one of those that we bought just had a set of twins and i believe the other two are pregnant and should have babies at some point at least they look like it maybe we're just feeding them too much i'm not sure mm. with goats you... though i'm sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna ask uh what is it that you get out of the goats like do you get milk or are you raising for meat oh uh, they're they're meat goats they're yeah these these are not milk goats i i suppose maybe you could but i don't think they produce enough um but these are these are meat breed we haven't eaten any yet but we've sold them there's actually right now supposedly there's pretty good money in goats it seems like all the like the obviously like cattle's kind of like saturated for the most part i mean it's kind of like a legacy thing, right? More for the most part. And then like chickens are like the backyard, backyard. And then, you know, there's like pigs, goats, and sheep are all kind of like the mid-tier, like farm farmer, homesteader type. And it seems like mm. all the mid-tier is like rising in popularity, like more pigs, more sheep, more goats. Yeah. It's kind of nice to sure. see. Yeah, it is. It's it's fun to see. There, and... I think goats, especially kind of in our area, are are there's a lot of farms around that have goats. And I don't know if it's because of maybe some of your ethnic populations that, that eat goat meat, like the halal and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um I've heard there's a pretty pretty good market in that, at least towards like Nashville, maybe towards Knoxville, which those are both right about two and a half hours each side of us. Um I haven't had enough goats to plug into that yet. So just from people I know, I've bought a couple and sold a couple. True. Our herd's, our herd's not up to size yet. Still working on that one. Right. Um. Why goats? Opportunity. Um, the wife wanted them, and she went to Virginia where her family lives and came home with goats. <laughs> <laughs> was that a surprise or something that was discussed prior? Oh, uh, I don't remember. I, I knew they were coming before she got here, but I don't think she went with the intent of, of bringing them home. That's usually how okay. it goes, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, they were fun. I don't know. Goats are fun. We and we we wanted to use them to clean up a lot of our woods. Like so we've got some really thick wooded areas that have been overgrown, and we've used them to to clean a lot of that up. And they've they've done a really fantastic job. So that was that was one of the reasons why we wanted to go with goats. And I don't know, they're they're a lot of fun. Like our Billy They do look like fun. <laughs> they are. I our Billy is massive. Like he he stands I mean, his head is like up to here on me. And I'm I'm not that tall though, five nine. But he's he's huge. If he wanted to hurt you, like he would he would really put a hurting on you, but he likes to be petted. He likes to have his head scratched, and lucky you. He, I know, right? He thinks he likes to play, but he's too big to play with because <laughs> he can put a hurting on you, <laughs> like a like a miniature horse or something. Like yes, yeah. He, uh, I've I've had to fight him a couple of times when when we trim his hooves and do some of that stuff. We need to give him medication. I have to try to fight him. Uh, if he was mean, there's no way I could do anything with him. Sure, he's big. Damn, that is a really big goat. Yeah. He's huh. I don't know. I haven't seen many that big. Like he's surprised me how big he has gotten. 
So is he is he the only one that you're using like um to inseminate like the the nannies? Yes. Yeah, he would he'd be the only boy that we that we've had. We did have a um we did have a young Billy that was born and I think we've sold one and one ended up dying. Oh, that's another that's another way that we've managed to kill an animal. I didn't know that in early spring when goats they're ruminants i didn't know that the first green grass that they eat they might have a tendency to clog up their rumen because it's off gassing because they they basically digest their food kind of in their what their first stomach or and they okay however their rumen or something and it it off gases and if they're not used to that like it can especially happen for babies but around the first green grass of the spring it can happen because they're not used to it they've been eating a lot of hay and stuff like that but mm. it um basically suffocates them because they can't burp and they just expand and they they can't breathe i because heard near about that i don't remember what that's called i should remember these things <laughs> i don't remember what it's called either but i i was like watching like a discussion on twitter this guy was like what is wrong with my goat? And like, um, this, uh, this woman I interviewed, like she jumped in and she's like, okay, here's what you got to do. Da, 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 da. And she saved the goat essentially. Oh, like, man, that's awesome. like from wherever, wherever they're from to wherever the other guy lives. And then like, what's weird is like a month later it happened to one of her goats, but she couldn't save it. Oh. And so it was like, it was such like a weird, like twist of fate. Right. Like, mm-hmm. no, nah, so. Bad. Yeah, but it sounds kind of like the same thing. It's like it's not goat bloat, but it it's kind of like goat bloat. Yeah, I'd, something something like that. Was like what I thought it was called something something similar to that. Yeah, yeah, like like they was it like foaming? Like did it have like foam around its mouth and stuff? And or not really? I don't remember. I don't think. I mean, basically, yeah. I don't know. He just I. It's been like two years ago. I don't. I don't remember how how That's exactly right. it happened. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Um. So, what has worked well for you? <laughs> we we've talked a lot about what hasn't worked so well. There's been there's got to be some dummies in there, right? <laughs> oh man, uh, what's worked well? The the thing that's worked the best is using the goats to clear clear land, to clear trees, to eat vines, eat poison ivy, eat the roses that grow everywhere. Um, that's That's been fantastic. It's going to be a little bit more challenging trying to move some of the goats around with a bigger herd because when we used them to clear out some of our trees, we only had two. And so they would pretty well follow us to where we wanted them and we'd corral them in a small area or put a rope on them or something. Um but that's worked really well. We've used them to clean out quite a bit. And then the second thing is the pigs. Like they are great at rooting up an area. They're great at coming in after the goats because the goats will eat everything from knee high up to as high as they can climb. Um, the pigs will eat everything from there down to the roots. And they, the combination of those two just can transform a woods. It's it's quite something to see. 
did you say that you followed the pigs by planting corn behind them at at one point or no? Not yet. the The area that they're in right now that we have is probably I'm going to guess a half an acre. Um, it's pretty well worked up. So come springtime, run a disc through it, till it up a little bit, just to work it loose, and then then we plan to plant corn there. Gotcha. All right. Um, Excuse me. So, what's been the biggest challenge? Would you say is it the animal husbandry part, like trying to like get everybody through like to the next season or that sometimes um probably the biggest challenge last summer was having to move the pigs every ended up being about every week to maybe two weeks depending on how big a a pen i put up for them that's just it's time consuming putting in all the all the posts and running the wire and then trying to move them and the last thing you want to do on a hot summer day is go move the pigs again when I moved them a week ago. <laughs> that that would get old, yeah. Yeah, that and I guess probably keeping up with the garden spaces, um, trying to keep the weeds down and things not working right. And then when things do grow right, it's almost ripe and the June bugs move in and eat it, you know, from before your very eyes. That's That's painful. Um, they happened to our grapes and our blackberries and our raspberries last year. It's like, they look so tasty. I think they'll be ready tomorrow. And then they're gone. <laughs> Why, man, I've, I've heard that story over and over and over again. It doesn't matter what the plant is. doesn't matter what the pest is. It's like, I'll, I just want to give it one more day. And the bugs are like, have the same plan and, mm-hmm. and they move in and, and <laughs> wipe it out. Yeah. Yeah. We we grow the triple cl- triple crown blackberries and they get I mean as big as big as the end of your thumb and so tasty but you have to fight the June bugs for them like the the best ones are the ones that you have to flick them off of and then you get the berry and eat it mm. but that's how you know it's good right I'm not sure if I should be eating those though but those are the tastiest <laughs> I mean you could just you know. Eat just preemptively eat the bugs. Yeah, it's protein, right? Uh, even chickens don't like those things. If man, if a chicken won't eat it, that's probably not too good. Yeah, that and the Japanese beetles and the poof, all all the things. All the yeah. things. Have you ever tried planting anything like sacrificial? Uh, bring. Let me see. We've done a little bit of that. I think our. our our best the as far as uh, like pesty turn and stuff basically yes like we planted brussels sprouts when you're hoping to get brussels well it was amongst a bunch of other stuff and we got zero brussels sprouts because um well bugs ate them all but they left everything else alone but so like everything else did great yeah i i think what's worked best for us is a healthy amount of weeds around like they're 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 really well. I haven't heard that. Especially, especially certain kinds of things, like they they are trap plants. Like if you have nothing but your food growing there, the bugs are all going to go for your food. But if you have a healthy I do that. around, which is not on purpose, but it turned out to be a benefit because a lot of the bugs went to the weeds, 
So this is feeding into my laziness. This yeah, is great. Exactly. <laughs> Love That's this. a good excuse. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a very specific, highly engineered uh, gardening plan. Exactly. Exactly. I, I put those weeds there on purpose, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have a transplant those. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what would you say the best part is about homesteading? Hmm. The best part. Just. And there's so much good in it. I mean, it is a lot of work. It's a, it's a lot of headache. It takes a lot of money to fund it. Um, oh, wait, you asked for all the good points. Not, not. The... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going down the wrong road here. But we were, when, as you were saying that, I was like, yeah, but. Yeah, <laughs> right. but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. <laughs> then the good food, um, the pork chops the other day, make it all worth it. The, the chicken that we grow and, and raise out and butcher and eat every year, like on a cold summer evening, you get some hot chicken soup. Mm. That that makes all those all those days of carrying chicken feed and soaking it and moving the chickens around and, and doing the actual butcher process, that makes it worth it. When you actually can sink your teeth into something that, that you raised, you put your time and effort into, you know, I put that watermelon seed in the ground and it grew into watermelon that then I went and picked and ate and I've never had anything so good. And that, that corn that you grew, those fried green tomatoes that were on the vine five minutes ago, you know, just all of that. When you can go out and, and pick something off the vine and walk into the house and eat it, I don't know. There's, there's just something satisfying about that, something grounding about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just um, it's more like, you know, you're your property is producing for you, right? Instead of like it being nothing but maintenance, like it's actually mm -hmm. like giving back to you, you know, and more than just like, you know, I enjoy it here. Like, no, it's literally nourishing you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, it's incredible the the cycle of things. Like, you know, we always talk about the cycle of life, but I mean, that is true. You You care for the land and it, produces back for you it gives back to you takes care of you that's right so in my in my questionnaire that i send out i always ask people like what's something that they want to talk about like i have all these things that um i want to talk about like what what other questions do you have and so this was an in, this was an interesting one that you gave me was uh what what you got that's worth living for what you got that's worth living for that's a what that's a line. Worth living for. That's a line off of uh, uh, what's that movie? Um, the Princess Bride. Is that what you got? It's worth living for. I don't know if you ever seen. I'm that not. Movie. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time. Yeah, been a while for me too. It just it struck me. Um, you know that's something that I have been wrestling with myself for the last few years. Is you know what what actually do I have that's worth living for? And and I. I probably go around with that a little too much. I know I obviously have a purpose. I've, I've had a few near-death experiences in the last few years. Um, and when, when you should have died and you didn't, 
you know, things get hard and you're like, okay, now why am I here? It'd be easier to not be here. I just don't want to be dealing with this. But obviously there's a reason why we're here. So purpose or or the why that we're here is is something that I love talking about. And I think I know my purpose. Maybe I've oversimplified what purpose actually is, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I think we all have a purpose. I, that didn't answer your question. You said, "What do I have that's worth living for?" No, this is good. Let's just keep <laughs> yeah. rolling with that. Yeah. Like, um, I, I would keep going. I want to hear more. Well, how? Let me ask you this. I'll, I'll turn it around. How? Oh, how do you define purpose? Like, what is what does purpose mean to you? I mean, it could be like what motivates you. What gets you out of bed in the morning what puts a smile on your face what um what responsibilities you have like um you know like to your wife and like for me it's like to my wife and kids um providing for them um finding just joy and joy in things could be like little things like going for a hike or it could be like massive things um like going on like a kind of extravagant vacation or something like that mm-hmm. so i mean there's lots of little like things you could fill your life with purpose for so like when i gave when i gave my notice to my previous employer he was like just he beside himself could not believe like i think he said he's like it feels like i got hit by a truck kind of like where does this coming from and like we kind of talked about it like the following week i'm like i just i'm just ready to like move on to like do something different and like i'm just what i wanted like this like i don't feel like this job is fulfilling my purpose and then i think i can i with that statement i think i lost him like uh and it's like okay yeah you're he's i mean he's like 65 and so he's probably like okay yeah i kind of remember when i was kind of stupid like that too like because he was like <laughs> like he didn't say that but you could kind of like tell it's kind of like oh to be young. oh yeah that guy yeah <laughs> yeah i mean he was like uh but until until he had kids he was a ski bum and so like i'm sure he remembers that but mm-hmm. you know that was 40 years ago and so, um, what was the question? <laughs> I, I was asking how, what purpose means to you or, or how you define purpose. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what makes you feel alive? Like mm-hmm. what, how would you find joy in your day? Yeah. yeah. What, what would you say or, um, can I ask you a couple of questions? Yeah, that's fine. All right. What would you say are some things that you are really good at? Like, if you if you think about the things that you're best at, do you, I'm sure you can come up with a handful of them. Good at starting projects. Good at having ideas, even if they're not that good. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm good at. jumping into new things like i'm like it can be a little little spontaneous and my wife like 
reins that in for me, thankfully. So I'm not just like, uh, I, I probably, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very much like that. Uh, ask the 3d printer in the basement. <laughs> Wait, you have one of those too? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. My, I, my the desktop CMC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, I don't know. I, I guess I get, I get interested in a thing, kind of go explore it. And then like, I either keep at it or just like kind of put it on the shelf and I feel like I'll come back to that later. No, I won't. <laughs> yeah. So but. you're really good at ideas, starting things and finding information, maybe finding solutions to, to a problem or something. I mean, yeah, I do like coming up with, coming up with solutions to stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, here's your problem. Let's yeah. come up with a solution. Well, okay. Um, another question. What What would you say are some things that you're passionate about? Um, I'm passionate about helping other people and just, uh, I actually like doing hard work. Like, it sounds really weird. Like, give me a shovel all day, like, and I'll, I'll dig a hole. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, that doesn't pay very well. And so <laughs> now, now I sit at a desk and someone, yeah. I saw something on Twitter cause like, you know, the whole, um, you know, people like people on TikTok posting their videos of their day, like their bullshit job. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, someone asked the question is like, why is it that the bullshit jobs pay better than the, like, like the real jobs, right? Like, why is that? And I thought it was like, that's a good question. Like I kind of wondered the same thing. Yeah. It, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a good question, but like anybody can run a shovel. So, I mean, that, that takes no skill. I like me. <laughs> right. And, but I mean, you know, there, there's, you can only get so much better at running a shovel. Like that's true. You can run it better than the next guy, but not enough to make it worth paying 10 times more. But if you get a guy that you put those two same guys on a uh, on an excavator, you know he's going to go knock the house down that he's trying to dig a trench beside, and you might be able to get get it the the hole the perfect width the perfect depth you know the perfect grade and everything. Your your value in running that excavator is ten times more than his. Well, thousand times more because he destroyed the house and <laughs> knocked it down while he was trying to dig beside it. Though so, I mean, the the lower skilled jobs obviously have to pay lower because there's a billion people that can do that. There's only Fair half a million that can do this other one. I don't know. That's that's kind of the way I look at it. Um, going back to those questions, when when you can do when you have time to do anything you want, what are you interested in doing? Oh man, it depends on the day. Like I, like we're talking about the squirrel thing, right? Um, yeah. That I have options that I have. It depends on what, what I'm interested in, like that. I'm not just like, you know, Matt, the woodworker or, mm -hmm. you know, Matt, the podcaster or whatever. Right. Um, Matt, the gardener, chicken tender i guess yeah. <laughs> whatever like <laughs> like i have 
I have all these things that, that I like doing. So, yeah. um, Matt, the retired 3d printer or. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny that you mentioned that. I think my, uh, desktop CNC has probably gathered more dust in storage than it did while it was being used to CNC wood. <laughs> it just, it just, though so any dust that came about it basically just got put back just right <laughs> yeah something like that you so the opposite yeah my excuse me my point with these questions is going back to the purpose thing i think that purpose can be found like we tend to think of purpose as some lord of the rings-esque quest where you carry this ring and you throw it into the fires of mount doom after a long hard journey and you found your purpose but i i believe that purpose is using our skills the things that you're good at the things that we're passionate about the things that we're interested in the opportunities that are in front of us and doing whatever we can within those things to make a difference in the lives of other people because obviously the things you're good at, you're probably going to enjoy most of those. The things you're passionate about, you're for sure going to enjoy those. You know, the things you're interested yeah. in. Um, you know, you, you look at these people that have a have a YouTube channel about fishing. You know, that's their interest and their passion. And they're making a difference in the lives of people. They are living with purpose. Like, I, I think that we make purpose to is the word ethereal or ethereal or i don't even know how to say it but like it's too much of a mystical thing when it's simply figuring out what you're good at what you're interested in and go out and make a difference for somebody right isn't that half the half the fun is finding that out i mean like if someone <laughs> i mean it's like it'd be like spoiler alert right for your entire life where it's yeah. like hey when you're like let's say 12 or whatever, where you have like a okay concept of things, like mm -hmm. like someone comes up to you, like some old man, right? Like uh, I don't know, whatever, some some wizard guy or like the giver, like and uh, comes through. He's like, your purpose in life is blah blah blah, and then so like you n almost never had to deviate off the path mm -hmm. to figure that out on your own. Whereas some like, people would like that. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I, I'm the type that likes a, um, I like to have a plan. I don't like ambiguity in things that like, I'm not sure how I want this, but let's make it happen. Like if I'm doing something for somebody, I want to know what the expectations are so I can make it happen. I don't want to, like, I like a plan to follow. I like details. Sure. But I also like the freedom on my own things to be able to explore it, to figure it out, to to go deep down the rabbit hole on something and be like, okay, I'm done with that and uh, move on to the next thing. Um, but I, I also, I find purpose and fulfillment in, in doing good things for other people. Um and and along with that, I think that we can find purpose in in any job or in anything that we're in any situation. Like even if it's a job you hate, 
if you're a if you're a people person, you can find purpose in the few interactions you have with other people. If you are a detail person, you can find purpose in making the finest details pop or like putting putting just doing the best work possible. You can find purpose in that. Yeah. Even if it's washing toilets or like Mike Rowe going down into the sewer and doing whatever, like he's finding purpose in showing people that there are jobs out there and that, yeah, they suck. They're really quite, quite, uh, literally shitty jobs. Yeah. But you can find purpose in that because somehow, some way you're making a difference for people. Right. Maybe that's too simple. I don't know. There was, I don't know who said it, but it was something like, if you want a happy life, um, happy wife. Well, I mean, that is one way, but to okay. broaden it just a little bit was, okay. um, if you want a happy life, try to make like other people's lives happy first, and then you'll mm-hmm. find happiness for your own or some, something like, I'm totally yeah. blushing it, but I just like heard it the other day and I was like, oh. it's very similar to, uh, Zig Ziglar's quote. You can have anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want first. I think that's what it was. I think yeah. that's what it was. And I just like, I don't know, heard it. Perfect paraphrase, though. I mean, I, I totally knew what you meant. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, it's I, so many people, like if you look at, at a lot of wealthy people, older people that they've hoarded everything for themselves, they're unhappy. They're unfulfilled. It's, we find happiness and fulfillment when we help other people find happiness and fulfillment. It, it's, it's a paradox. It is. Like, it doesn't seem like it makes any sense until you experience it. When, when I help somebody else have a light bulb moment, like they're trying to figure something out and I can help them out in whatever conversation and, and they have a light bulb moment, like, that's awesome for me. That, I'm on top of the world there. Yeah. When when you can help other people make a difference for them, help them to, I I don't know, I I'm, I don't have a way with words. Some people have a way with words, others not have way, and I'm often <laughs> that other person. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I definitely believe that when we are focused on other people rather than ourselves is when when we're the happiest in life. I I completely agree. That's why I kind of went on like this. What why I started what I started was uh like you know, I've got all these projects going going on here and like yeah, that's cool that'd be done if those could get done. But what if I did other people's projects? Like how much more like happier like would they be that they got help than me getting stuff done here? Like yeah. that would be that would feel pretty good to just yeah, do that so all the time. With you taking on that new job, is is that goal still in the works? Just pushed back farther, or have you kind of stuck a pin in that? Um, it's kind of a combination. So, I've from what I've decided because I don't want to just like what I I don't want to pack it up like that doesn't because it's still it's still something I want to do. So that didn't seem like an option. Yeah, I don't really want to push it back because then I it might just get keep getting pushed back. Um, 
So what I've decided on is to still do it, but just lo like locally, because I was oh, going to go true. like anywhere and everywhere. Like I had um, people all the way in like New York and um, wow. over to over to Florida and through like the Midwest and East coast and all this stuff, one in like California. And so, wow. um, it would have been quite the, quite the journey, but with, you know, just having to be in an office every day, um, it's just makes it harder. And like, yeah. no, like I said, no like it, possibilities on that one, unfortunately not. Um, there's too much hands-on that you got to oh, do. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's like report writing that you like that, that part could be remote, but there's a, there's like a physical aspect to it yeah. too. I would be in the warehouse to like set up for, um, I do have to go out into the field about 30 to 50% of the time. Gotcha. So, uh, like other That's states. That's hard to do from remote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless, I mean like, well, I'm already remote. I'll just, for wherever I am, just go out to the field. Like I thought about that, but I think I need to put my time in before, um, pitching that idea. Yeah. So, um, how much time you got left? Oh, all night. Okay. I'm, <laughs> you said you had a couple of, if you want to go into it, you said you had a couple of near death experiences in the last couple of years. I'm curious about that and like how it, how it shapes like your, your outlook, right? Mm-hmm. So the first one was uh, early 2020, um, February, I think, February the 10th. Uh, cold, rainy day. I just come home, come back to Kentucky from Georgia and was driving in my 2000 Silverado that I've had, that I'd had for like 10 years and uh, came up around, it was kind of coming up a hill and it curved around to the left and there was a dip in the road and when i hit that dip it shifted the weight on my truck and my tires were just bald enough that i'd spun out and um ended up rolling over onto the side onto the driver's side of the truck and we're spinning down in in the oncoming traffic lane and here comes an oil truck coming up the hill <laughs> thankfully he was alert and was a very good driver and he swerved over into into our lane and just clipped the back of the truck instead of coming through the bottom of the cab. And my wife and I were able to climb out of the back window of the truck and walk away from it. Holy crap. Yes. Like, talk about, I, I felt the truck slide and I said, oh crap. And my wife was like, what? And then we went spinning and rolling and walked away from it. Um, I don't have any ongoing issues from it. Uh, my wife still has back trouble from it because she was on the upside. Neither one of us had her seatbelt on, but she was, when the truck rolled over onto the side, I just kind of sat against the door and she kind of rolled out back and she was actually the one that kicked out the back window yeah. that we were able to climb out of. Um, so she still got issues. I, for about a year and a half, I had trauma at certain points on, on the road, like especially if it was a rainy day. And somebody come around the curve just right. Um, Your hands were really clammy, and yeah, you'd have a flashback and like freeze. Like, where did that come from? Um, <laughs> about a about two months after it happened, 
I came around another curve or over a hill or something and a truck exactly like the one that, that, uh, I, that hit us come popped over the hill. And I was like, Whoa, like I took me right back to that moment. (laughs) And yeah, so I, I don't think I have any recurring issues from that, that, that ended about a year, year and a half after as far as the the flashbacks and the trauma and the wondering what ifs and why. Like I, I did a lot of wondering, like thinking about what if he hadn't been paying attention? You know, why why am I still here? What what is my purpose? What is my reason for still being here? Right. I I don't know if if I don't know if there's a specific thing that I'm supposed to do yet, but the only thing that I know to do is to, like I was saying earlier, to keep doing what I'm good at, what I'm passionate about, what I'm interested in, and going out and working for other people. There's nothing wrong with making money in it, but like making a difference in the lives of other people. Now, when you can do those things as a career, that just like 10x is your life. It does. Instead of having a sucky life and then doing those things on the weekend. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's a lot better. Um, the other one was uh, a little over a year ago, I I got pneumonia and I was on the couch on my back for about six weeks. My wife thought I was going to die. Wow. I have yeah, six like, weeks. I, it was, it was rough. Like I have never had such pain. I, I couldn't breathe right. I don't know. I'm not sure how I pulled through, but it, I'm still here today. So, damn, I'm glad you're here, man. <laughs> I am too. Most times. <laughs> uh, no, so those are those are the only two recent ones. When I was a, I was my cousins and I, or our families took a western trip, and I was out. We were climbing around some bluffs out on the west coast, and I got into a situation where I couldn't go up. I couldn't go down. I I couldn't back up. And it was like a 70, 80 foot drop down to the rocks and water below me. And I was like, well, this might be it, but, uh, managed to get out of that one too. So there's, there might, how'd you you manage to get out of that then? What'd you do? Just float to the top? I, I don't know. Like in, in my memory, I mean, that's, that's been 20 years ago. I think that was, so in my memory, it was, it was, it was pretty sandy around there and we were, we were climbing around the edge and I tried to get up this one spot and there was just a little, little knob of, I don't know, rock or something sticking out. And so I grabbed hold of that and tried to climb up. It was too high for me to reach the next level. Well, here I am standing here. If I let go, I'm going to slide off the end, shoot out over the edge. And I, I'm not sure how I managed to get back to where I came from, but I did. So <laughs> sounds like a miracle to me. Uh, I yeah, I don't know. It's you. You think about those things. You're like, how how did I not die multiple times? There was a there's a guy I worked with. We never really like talked about religion, but he did say he's like, I 100% believe in angels because he was like on his way to like fall off a roof or something like that. And he basically felt like 
like it felt like somebody grabbed his shirt and pulled him pulled him back so he wasn't going to fall wow. off the roof. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, you hear stories like that, and it, it if you don't believe already, it, it makes you believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, you don't have to experience it firsthand to <laughs> to, yeah, to be a believer. Yeah. But um, wrapping wrapping up here. What would you tell people that want to get started uh, homesteading? Get started homesteading. Oh man, I you about have to go back to what Jack always says, Jack Spirico of the Survival Podcast. Start with what you have, where you are, and do what you can. Like if you if you have the opportunity to, you know, start a little garden, then then start the garden where you're at. Um, if you want a bigger piece of land, you know, if, if you have the opportunity to get on that land, go for it. Don't, don't let it hold you back. Um, like don't let the fact that you want 10 acres hold you back from starting a garden on the half acre that you have access to. Um, maybe don't put in permanent infrastructure that costs $10,000 if you're going to move in a year, but you can start something anywhere you are, but just start like do, do a little bit. If you, if you've never homesteaded before, start with a indoor grow system or, or a little, little bed outside. Like you can do something. I promise. Whether that's quail or cause that, those don't take a lot of maintenance or space or whether that is just a little garden bed outside where you're growing lettuce or tomatoes or, peppers peppers grow like crazy if you're in the hot sunny south you can grow peppers like crazy <laughs> yeah i don't know it almost with with anything if if you want to do something you have to start i i'm reading or listening to a uh i think it's a napoleon hill book called how to own your own mind and he said this, and it hit me square in the face. He said, unless a man becomes action conscious, he will never become an organized thinker. He might think from morning until night, but unless he puts his thoughts into action, he'll be nothing more than a daydreamer. And I'm like, I like to think about things. Like, I, I, I like to be a thinker. I, I hope people, when they think of me, like, yeah, that's a smart dude. That's <laughs> like I I want that for me, and I I know I have such a long ways to go for that. But to only think and to not put anything into action, all the things I'm thinking about and learning and growing in, if I don't act on that, what good is it? You know, I've been tool, and if I don't use it, like what good is the tool? Right. If you're learning about something. It does no good if if you're not helping somebody else with it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. How are you on the on the religion scale? Uh, or, not practicing, but yeah, um, I believe. Yeah, I, I yeah, I I can I'm a Christian, and my I believe that our gifts, talents. All those things are given to us from God. 
And my biggest fear is that I reach the end of my life and I've been given a set of skills or I've been given something to use and I reach the end of my life and haven't used them. Like it's, I look back and like, there's, there's an unused tool on the table that sat there collecting dust my whole life. Like I do not want that. We're, we're supposed to use what we're given. That's, That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, since we're talking about, you know, like quotes and stuff, I was listening to the interview you did with Toolman Tim. And can you remind me, you said the, uh, you have it posted behind your, your screen, like, uh, behind your computer. I think you said you have it on the wall. I don't remember the quote, but I remember that I did. Do you remember the idea of it? Cause I have several up here. I don't know if it's the same one. Um, just, just, re- just pick your favorite one. <laughs> okay. Well, I have one here. It's kind of a, uh, a, a formula. Um, unrealized growth equals untapped potential. Perpetual growth equals unlimited impact. I think it was different, but that's fine. Yeah. That that one's I, a good I, one. I, I like that one. Not, not long ago. I'm not. Sh- I'll have to go back and listen to that. I I change them out every so often. Um, I I don't really see it. That's all right. I, I I totally put you on the spot on that one. <laughs> yeah, like, sorry about that. No, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, it's too long ago. I have a hard time remembering something I said last week in the last podcast. <laughs> I'm with you. Like, what did I say? Right? It, it happened in the past. Why do I have to remember it? <laughs> Good thing it was recorded. Exactly. I like that thing that I said. Um, so, hey, man, I got your, uh, let's see, you got you got me, your social media links. So you can find Ken on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Yep. And what's the what's the main focus? Uh, so you've got the Construction Liberty uh, podcast, and then you've got a new one starting up. Is that right? Or you just I started? Do. Yep. It is called, uh, now you put me on the spot again. Empowering Forward Momentum. Well, I that's that's my coaching business. The, the name of the podcast is um, Finding the Next Level. Okay. My All right. Yeah. So it's, I, I'm designing a uh, kind of a membership for solo entrepreneur men to find purpose and, and fulfillment in the work they do in all areas of life. And I'm calling that next level. And so the podcast is finding the next level. It's, it's all about how, how we can find that purpose. Gotcha. So yeah. Sounds awesome. It's going to be fun. It's, it's just going to be short episodes. Like I don't, I don't want to do a bunch of 30 minute episodes. I don't have time for that. It'll be two to 10 minutes at max. So. I think we got a little taste of, uh, what, what people could expect from, uh, from hiring you on, uh, cause you said it was, it was, um, it's a membership thing, right? It is. Yes. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Check it out. I, uh, I'm, I've, I've got, you know, a couple different levels. And I mean, there's a free group too. So if anybody's interested in joining, I'll, I'll send you the link so you can put it in the show notes. Yeah. That'd be great, man. Awesome. So, I appreciate you being here. It was a good talk. Yeah. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was finally good to finally meet and everything. So yeah, we'll have to reciprocate and have you on constructive Liberty too. All right. <laughs> I, I used to do construction. So I think I'd fit. <laughs> there you go. All right. Yep. Uh, you have a good night and, uh, Thanks to you, everybody, for watching as well.